Hey everyone, this is Taylor. She works with Rock United, so I'm always in contact with her. Anytime you guys ask me any questions or anything, I am always talking to her and asking her questions because she knows more than I do. So, um, hello Taylor, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, so I was telling them that we were we want to talk about the OSHA um, regulations, uh, the heat regulations as far as, you know, working in the restaurant, because I'm sure a lot of people have worked in a very, very hot um, environment in the restaurant. Um, I know that when I worked at Chili's, uh, we didn't have AC for like a year. And especially during the summer was really bad. And I had one of my coworkers pass out from the heat and she ended up having to go to the hospital. The ambulance came and took her and took her to the hospital. And um, let's not talk about the fact that like the GM kind of like pushed my coworker away from reporting that he was just like really angry with her for like wanting to report it. And I was like, you should 100% report this um, and get workers comp. You passed out on the job because of the heat, because there was no AC in florida in the summer so definitely these regulations like need to change because this is not okay yeah and like speaking to that as well like he he doesn't uh sorry i'm like already tripping on my words but anyway heat illness is actually one of the top um illness weather related injuries that actually happen to workers in our country and this is something that we don't have a regulation on currently, but this is now our opportunity. So um, with Restaurant Opportunity Center, if you go to our uh, page, we have where you can submit a public comment. OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is accepting comments on them implementing a heat rule that would protect workers from, um, you know, you're in a kitchen, it's super hot, especially in the summer. If you get sick from that or it reaches a certain degree, you can report your workplace and they'll have to fix that. So that's something that's a huge deal right now. Cause this is the first time it's ever happening. So yeah, um, really like if you guys are on here and you guys have any stories about what's happened, you know, when it comes to that, please send a guest request so we can talk to you because we definitely want to hear your stories. And if you don't want to be on camera, then just go to um, the rock site. And what was the, the link for it? So it's in our bio. If you go to um, Restaurant Opportunity Center's TikTok bio, um, it's also rockunited.org slash OSHA heat rule. Um, again, it's a long link, but you can go to our page and see it. Or if you text ROC to 40817, uh, text us there. We can respond back and send you that link right away. But yeah, you can share your story of like your worst heat experience. I know that's not fun to relive, but this is the moment to talk about that. These are the real things that you're dealing with in your workplace that the government actually has an opportunity to protect you from and make sure yeah. that. It's crazy that we have to go through these lengths just to, you know, not be passing out and being in these horrible working conditions. Like this is the country we live in that we really have to go through all this just to not be passing out from how hot it is at work. Yeah, and it's the fact that it's taken this long. The fact that like now we're coming on years of like every summer is getting hotter, especially if you go more north in the country where it usually isn't as like extreme summers. It's gonna get worse. We need these protections. We needed them earlier, but we need them now more than ever, pretty much. Yeah, somebody said um, I had a coworker fall on the line at Chili's from the heat. 
I mean, I don't know how the cooks do it. Even when the AC is working, I'm like, how are you guys cooking back here? It is so hot. Like wearing these chef, heavy, heavy chef coats and then being over the stove and fire or whatever. I'm like, I don't know how these people do it and how they don't pass out. They're like just drenched in sweat all the time. Exactly. And they're on their feet all day. It's like, again, like they might not have eaten an hour. You know, it's just like humans really are built to like be machines and be doing that in those temperatures as well. Like computers get better protections for heat. You know, when they overheat, we're like, we don't want that. But like workers, we almost like don't think about all, which is literally like what I just said, my phone was overheating and I had to like put the fan on for it to not overheat. So obviously, and that's a phone. So yeah, of course it's gonna happen. Um, I remember the cooks at Applebee's would be complaining and the managers would just shrug it off. Yeah, that's literally how it always is. Um, I mean, I remember when our AC would partially work because we had two AC units and it would be half the restaurant, half the restaurant. Um, they would make sure that at least the AC was working for the cooks because they'd be like passing out. But the front of house servers, oh, they can just pass out. It's fine. They'll be fine. And I used to complain all the time. My manager actually used to turn the AC off, even if it was working, just because he wanted to save on the electricity bill. And I was dying i would be in the freezer trying to cool off and i'm like you gotta turn the ac on and he's like it's fine i'm like it's not fine like you're sitting in your office completely fine i'm running around i need the ac on i'm going to pass out and he's just like wanting to save money on the power bill which i think is another reason why it took so long to get the ac fixed and he would be like oh well we just we have to talk to the city there's a lot of stuff and it's like 10 grand to get a new ac unit i'm like i don't give a shit how much it costs fix it like where'd I hear and then they just got fans and put it all over the restaurant and I'm like this is ghetto who wants to eat in the middle of summer chilies with freaking fans around like god uh, it was so embarrassing air just like everywhere and that's I don't I mean that's like the like cost of like you know if you want to save workplace for your workers you can't just have them like dying of heat stroke just to cook like burgers for people you know the guests they're going to respond to their complaints about the temperatures but when it's workers it's yeah oh yeah 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 they don't they don't care about the servers okay let me see what people are saying um they wouldn't allow they wouldn't allow them to even take break properly um at applebee's you're required to waive your break to clock in as a server and if you said no they would send you home which actually Chili's was like that too here. Um, and then the Melody said, thankfully for that one week, we were allowed to have water bottles in the bakery instead of tap water. Oh, it's wow. like, I don't understand. They act like oh, we're just so beneath anyone. Yeah. Like, it's like free water to get through it, which you yeah. hydrated, but you also need fed. You need like the breaks you need. You just need to be out of the heat. You just can't be in that, like, environment for a prolonged period. And restaurants, like, they don't give you those shifts the same way that, like, retail does or hourly does. Oh, my God. Lukewarm tap water. As if that's going to help. We had an employee literally have an asthma attack from how hot it was and had to call an ambulance. So this is actually my friend Carmen. We worked at the same Chili's. Um, I was just telling the story. So... See, as you can see, I I didn't make it up. It's true. She did actually pass out. um, And the temp never changed. It was business as usual. And actually, when that happened, I remember that um, 
she got taken away with the ambulance and there was only one other server. It was just two of them that were working that day. And so the other server came back to her tables and let everybody know, hey, just as you can see, Chili's is all windows. So as you can see, you know, here's the ambulance. You know, your server passed out from the heat. They She had to leave and they were like, we don't care. We're on our lunch break. Where's our food? I'm like, oh my God, I hate people so much. That's, not, oh my God. It's just like ridiculous. It's just like, labor from especially service industry workers is definitely undervalued right now and like we're seeing that like in these instances like it's more of an inconvenience to a lot of people especially like management too because it's like they view this as like something that they just have to deal with now or they you know they lobby against even having to do this kind of work to put in so um yeah these workers though to speak up and you know let osha know we want these roles we want to be protected um, if we're going to, you know, kind of get through these next few years of, you know, we don't know our, what our industry is like already workers are leaving because things suck, but this is our chance to make things a little better for each other. Exactly. Um, I was just pre-filming some videos before we got on this live and I was saying that like, you know, people's um, answer to these issues are, well, get another job. How is that your answer? Just get another job. First of all, there are issues like this in every industry. This isn't just in the restaurant industry. This is just something that we're focusing on. Um, second of all, telling people to get another job, um, as you can see during the pandemic, a lot of servers did get another job. And now, I mean, in service industry, Starbucks are closing up by 3 p.m. because they don't have the staff. Restaurants are closing down because they don't have the staff. They're switching to to-go because they don't have the staff. And people are just like, we'll get another job. And I'm like, okay. And then when we do get another job, you complain that you can't go get your favorite meal because it's closed because we got another job. Like, you guys, we have to make a change. We can't just tell people to just get another job. Exactly. Getting another job does not fix the problem. It does not. It just prolongs the problem and keeps it going. And people, the issue that I have with a lot of people in the service industry is that they don't follow through with reporting things because they can just get another job when, you know, the service industry, you're a dime a dozen. Oh, you can just get another job. It's not a big deal. So they don't want to go through the process of having to report any issues because it's too much work. Or so mm -hmm. they think. And I've reported stuff and it's really not that much work. If you uh, want to make a change and you want things to be in places to be held accountable, you have to go through the process so that things can happen. But the mentality of everyone being like, get another job and oh, well, it's not going to change. That is what has kept us in this issue and the problems that we're having and has led us to where we are today because nobody wants to stand up and do something because everybody's too lazy and then they just go get another job. Um, or they started as teenagers and were exploited and brainwashed into thinking that's just how it is. Exactly. It was especially with a lot of our parents who grew up in, you know, the generation, the me generation where, well, that's just what it is. You know, pick you up by your bootstraps, just keep going like, oh, well, life's not fair. And it's like, OK, well, you're the issue because we can just change it. Like we created this. Let's just change it. Yeah, no, like, well, first of all, bootstrap, it's physically impossible to pick yourself up from your bootstrap. Like, there's just no, like, you can't, like, it's already a useless saying is, like, first of all, it's, like, old people. Like, where did this analogy come from? It does not make sense. <laughs> right? And also, yeah, like, you're right. Like, workers, when they do, it is, you know, there's times where I have quit jobs because, you know, I was looking out for my own mental health and stuff. And that, you know, people can make those calls. But it is also important to know that, like, when you quit your job, you lose the leverage to make changes that could be better, not just for yourself, but also the people who are going to be there afterwards. 
Because when you quit, that management's just going to move on to the next worker. They're going to keep doing what they do because it's just cheaper for them to just run through people as if they're machines and not actual people. And this is why we're in the situation we're in. People are just going to now start leaving and just keep moving and nothing's going to improve until, unless we come together, improve where we are currently, whether it's through these regulations, like the heat rule or within our own workplaces, if you want to organize, unionize, maybe it is like, you know, filing a complaint. If you're missing wages, like don't just like be upset and leave, like claim those wages, get that money back. Like, that shows your employer that this isn't something they can just keep getting away with. Yeah. So if people have had um, their wages stolen, so I'm doing right now the series um, with your guys' slides of the seven uh, wage theft that restaurant that hurt um, restaurant employees. Um, how can they go about reporting that so that they can get their money back? So it depends on what state you're, so there's the U.S. Federal um, Department of Labor. If you go to their website, there's actually a website, it's called worker.gov, and it actually has an option if you're dealing with wage theft, dealing with hourly issues, dealing with retaliation, or even OSHA. If you go there, they have this really nice webpage that you can kind of find what you need to report and where to report to. But the Department of Labor, you can file with their wage and hour division um, that your wages are stolen. If you think they are being stolen, and this includes tips too, if you think your tips are being stolen, keep as much evidence as you can. Keep your pay stubs, like write down numbers, keep track, like even in a like journal, the tips you're taking home, because that's evidence you can use to be like, hey, I'm not getting the money I should be getting. Um, you can report with, yeah, the wage and hourly division with the U.S. Department of Labor. Every state has their own Department of Labor, you can file with as well. And depending on what city you're in, they might also have their own department that can go um, go back and get those um, back wages for you as well. Yeah. And it's becoming even harder now to really keep track of that now that a lot of restaurants have switched to putting your tips on a paycheck. I mean, at least back in the day when you got your tips at the end of the night, you knew what your tips were and you got cash and you walked out and you were good. Now with, um, you know, everything going on a paycheck, there's a lot of shady, shady mm -hmm. That could be done. Um, actually, when I first moved to San Diego, I worked at a restaurant that was extremely shady. And the GM um, got caught where, um, and he's still working there, but he got caught where he had skimmed everybody's paychecks of hundreds of dollars. Like, um, I ended up getting money back. I mean, the whole staff ended up having to get all this money back. And it wasn't because, you know, um, I don't know. It wasn't like a corporation. So it was because the cooks were suspicious of him and they noticed like, Hey, I've worked here for 10 years and I know what my paycheck is. And all of a sudden my paycheck is missing $800. So where's my money? So, um, we ended up, you know, everybody got together and like, you know, called it out or whatever. And he's like, Oh, that's so weird. I don't know what happened. And he had to like make out personalized checks to everybody to get this money back. And what sucks was like with a place like that, we didn't have an HR, we didn't have anybody to report stuff to. So it was, it was very messy. There's a lot that went on there, but that was one of the issues. And I mean, yeah, like I said, like if he's the one doing the paychecks, which I know managers do because I've had, you know, my managers calling me like, hey, you didn't clock out this day. I need this for your pay stuff, blah, 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 um, you know, for your payroll. They can make a mistake easily. And whether it's on purpose or not on purpose, it still happens. So we do need to be on top of how much money we're making and tracking that, you know, when you clock out, keep your clock out slips. 
Um, so you know how many hours you worked and what you should be getting paid for because they will find, not saying that it's on purpose, but some of them will do it on purpose anyway to, you know, skim anything from the top kind of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. And part of that too is um, a few months back, we were also part of like a campaign for side work. So there was actually another regulation kind of similar to what we're doing with OSHA, but it's the amount of time that you're spending on side work as a tipped worker. If you're making less than the federal minimum wage or taking a tip credit, um, there's a bunch of language to describe, but pretty much some minimum wage, if you're relying on tips um, as your income as like a restaurant worker, you can't be spending more than 20% of your time on side work. And a lot of people, a lot of employers actually get away with um, stealing money from employees because they have them doing hours of side work. They're mopping, they're cleaning bathrooms, they're doing things that actually should, they should hire a cleaning crew to do. But instead of they're having these workers who are only being paid a couple bucks an hour to do it that's wage theft. And that's something also you can report your boss for. Um, okay, if you have so I actually did get, uh, sorry to cut you off. I actually did get tagged okay. in a video, um, you know, last night or this morning about, and uh, I can, I'll have to send it to you of a girl that got fired for knowing her rights. And she told them, Hey, uh, they, they were having a meeting and she was like, what is this meeting about? It's up, you know, on TikTok for whoever this is. Um, and she said, what's this meeting about? They said, Oh, well, we just, we need more from you guys. Like you guys need to focus more on your side work. You need to focus more on cleaning and everything. And she said, okay, well, if you're going to, I already do my side work and I already do what I'm supposed to. So if you're going to expect more from me, I need, I'm going to expect more from you. You guys are violating a lot of health codes here. So you guys need to get on top of it and fix this stuff. And like, it was just like, how dare you call us out on these issues? And she also said, and also if you want me to spend more time on side work, um, legally, I can't spend over, you know, 30 minutes, um, or whatever, because that is the rule when it comes to side work, like you said, 20% of your time or whatever, I think it was like 20% of your shift or like 30 minutes. I think it was something like that. Right. And so, and then, or like, if you do 30 minutes, anything beyond that 30 minutes will be, you have to then be paid like a full minimum wage. You can't just be paid a told them she said past the 30 minutes you guys have to pay me full minimum wage if you want me to spend longer on side work and they ended up firing her so that's obviously retaliation for her knowing her rights because um she told them like this isn't okay you guys have to do this and people in the comments were telling her to of course it's wrongful termination it's just still reported to the health department so that they can come and check things because obviously she said they were violating health codes um so i should definitely make a video about that the other thing i was going to say was um when you said you know you don't have to be cleaning bathrooms and stuff like that i actually just pre-filmed a video about a story um that happened to me at olive garden i had a lady that ate so much that she started convulsing and having a seizure and threw up all over herself and all over the table and the floor and we ended up having to call 911 and she got taken away but um, I was like, and guess who cleaned it? Not me, because that is above your pay grade. That is not your job as a server or even a buster or a cook. And they always try to get these people to clean up these messes when it is a biohazard. It's biohazard material that you, we are not trained to clean up properly. Therefore, the managers are supposed to do that because they get paid enough to be doing this. And they're supposed to be properly trained on how to clean up these bodily fluids that we're not supposed to be touching. So that's definitely something that I don't think a lot of people know. I remember I was dating a guy and he was a buster and he was like, they're trying to, they were trying to make me clean up like this mess in the bathroom. I was like, absolutely not. That is not your job as a buster to do. 
I know they're going to tell you that it is, but you're actually not trying to handle this biohazard material. So you cannot be touching it. That has to be the manager's job. And so he told them the next time and they were like, oh, okay. Like they will try to take advantage of you any way that they can. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is like a lot of these, especially like the bigger corporations, you know, like Brinker or Darden, they also pay lobbyists to fight this stuff. So actually the side work we put into effect they're trying to, you know, slow it down, keep it from happening, because to them, that's like, you know, they want to keep paying these workers low wages to keep doing this work. That saves them so much money. But at the same time, workers are not getting enough money to, like, survive and pay for their own, you know, livelihoods. They're not getting the benefits they need. They're barely, if any, sick days at all. So it's just like the amount of crap that corporations just put on their workers for as little pay and the amount they fight to get out of paying their workers is just ridiculous. So with the, um, the side work, has it passed? So was she in the right to say that? So it's in effect and it, the 80, 20 rule, the not the 30 minute part was actually like an actual like addition to what used to exist before when Trump came into office, his, um, his administration worked to reverse that. Um, so there was kind of like this limbo of does the 80-20 rule exist, but this was kind of bringing it back, but it's kind of like in this weird limbo again, if it's back in the courts. Um, I believe it was like in Southern Texas or wherever Austin is, that's the court that's kind of like challenging it. Uh, but for the most part, it's still, you know, workers should still really know this right and kind of like stick to it. Um, if you have questions or still feel like you're being, you know, losing money, um, due to like so much side work, even though you're a tipped worker, still reach out to us. There's, uh, we can hook you up and still make sure you get connected to the Department of Labor. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, so you're, are, is, you're saying that that's, that part is still like trying it's to be part? I'll have to, I'm not a lawyer. So I think it's like in this limbo of like, I think that's like still the rule workers should still think to and follow. And kind of like, you know, use it like, hey, I'm aware of my rights. This exists. Yeah, it's being challenged. But I'd say, like, don't reach out to the Department of Labor. I know some other, um, there were workers in Nashville, I believe. Now it's been like two years, but they won a case where one of the issues was excessive side work. And I think it was a million dollars were paid out to workers collectively in a class action. So they got their money back. But that's how much they were getting away with it. We're having so many. Oh, yeah. And actually, um, I think that happened at Olive Garden. I remember after I left, it changed to where the bussers had to do all of the side work because um, the servers were doing too much side work and weren't getting paid properly for it. But the bussers, because they were making minimum wage, they changed it to them having to do all the side work. And I was like, what? What about when I was there? I still had to do all that. <laughs> right. Speaking so, of busser, or I guess you go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of bussers, and not to like talk trash on them, I used to be a food runner, very good one, probably like two or three years. Uh, Let's talk about the food runners going on at Chili's. Um, Do you want to give kind of background of what's been going on? Yeah, so I was, that's what I was gonna start saying. So, um, okay, so what happened at Chili's is something that I've talked about since what, when did I move to California? Um, so it, it was like, I made videos about it back in September of 2020 when once I got hired. Um, and I talked about how 
the tip out is so high here. Um, I went from tipping out 1% in Florida to just the bar uh, to and to tipping out 5.5% in California. And that I took a huge hit on my tips. I mean, I was walking out with like less money than I was tipping out. So I was tipping out more than I was walking home with because of how high the tip out percentage is at Chili's. Now, um, part of that was because 3% of my, my tips were going to the back of house, the cooks, because of the law that changed it, you know, with the Trump administration. Um, but I know that not every state does that because not every state pays everybody minimum wage. So, um, Speaking of, if you guys are in a state that, you know, your restaurant takes a tip credit where it means that you are a tipped employee, the server is a tipped employee, and you're making below minimum wage, um, you cannot be tipping the cooks who are making minimum wage or above. That is illegal. So just make sure you know that and, um, you know, report it or whatever. Text ROCK to 4817 if that's happening in your state. But, um, even though that's not happening in every state because not every state is tipping out um, the back of house, they still bumped up the tip out percentage to about four to five percent, which is still a very huge jump from one percent um, because they implemented a new runner system. And this runner system is uh, so a lot of I guess they're just using the servers and taking away their serving shifts to make them food runners. And um, they're just having the essentially what you do is the server goes to the table and now you have this like ipad tablet that you're taking the order on they don't let you really use the pos anymore you have to have a manager swipe if you want to use the the computer so you have this tablet and you have to put in your order through and you know it's really not that beneficial as much as Brinker wants to think it is to be honest one they break down all the time two they're not always fully charged and three, people change their mind, okay? People don't always just order exactly what they want. You walk away or even after you just hit send, they go, actually, I changed my mind. I think I'm just going to do the chicken salsa instead of the soup. And now the runner is getting the, the runner has already gotten the order in the back saying that they wanted, you know, the soup. So they're making the soup. And now I have to be like, okay, well, now I can't do anything about it. Now we got to wait. Now I got to tell the runner. Actually, they don't want that. They want chips and salsa. And by the time I can even get back there, they're already out at the table with the food. So it's so messy. So the thing is that you have this tablet and you're putting in like, okay, um, you want a Diet Coke. I hit Diet Coke, hit send. In the back of the house, in the kitchen, there is a screen where the orders are coming in and the runner is seeing the orders come in. So the runner's like, okay, Diet Coke makes you the Diet Coke. And while you're still there, you're like, okay, did you want to start off with an appetizer? And the runner has already come to the table with the Diet Coke. So that in Brinker's head, it's like, okay, we are consolidating steps. We are making it so much more efficient for the server so that they're not running around doing a million things. They have this extra help of a runner that's already doing the work for them. Um, and because of this, they think, oh, well, now they can take more tables. Um, also, not true. So, um, so you know, you have that. And then you're like, okay, so do you want an appetizer? And then that's when they're like, yeah, I'll have the Texas cheese fries. And you go, Texas cheese fries, hit send. And then they're like, oh, I forgot to say no bacon. And you're like, okay, now I can't fix the issue right now. Like, now I have to leave the table and then come back. And it's like adding so many unnecessary steps. So it's really not as seamless and as helpful as Breaker thinks it is, but they did not consult 
anybody on this, I'm gonna assume. Um, maybe they did. I mean, of course, it was already happening in California. It's been happening apparently for uh, forever, as far as you know, people have told me that have lived in California, um, because they were all ma- always making minimum wage, everybody. Um, and you know, oh, it's cool, whatever, but I don't know if I guess because it was ran test ran in California and it seemed like it was fine. I don't think that it was fine. I think it was just that people never spoke up against it or didn't know the difference between what it could be or what it couldn't be. You know what I'm saying? It's like you only know what you know. So you don't think there's anything wrong with the system. But in the places like like with me, where I came from a place that I didn't have that and I could just go to the computer, you know, or I can scratch out, oh, never mind, I don't want this, I want this. Okay, that gives me time to fix all the orders, go over all the orders, and then I can go and put it in the computer and then I can go and run my food. Not a big deal. I mean, sure, you were very overworked because they did overwork you there, but at least it wasn't as messy as it is now and you weren't losing out on money. Now with the new runner system, they are having you... um pretty much split your tips with the runner that you didn't ask for because you were fine with running your own food. But now they put in this runner system. They took away serving shifts from people. People aren't making as much money. Um, and then they're just like, okay, well, this is the new job. Um, now you're losing out on an extra 4% of your tips, uh, which by the way, this is based on sales, not on. So if you get stiffed, you are paying out of pocket to this food runner that you didn't ask for and you don't actually need. So servers are very, very upset right now because they are losing out on so much money. I mean, I've gotten messages about it. I know that you've gotten messages about it. Um, if I mean, if you have any like stories that people have told you, like, please feel free to share. I mean, almost like the same story every time, but every time it comes up, it's like, oh, we have this new system now at Chili's and they're, you know, everyone's like, hey, Chili heads have this happened. And it's like slowly, like I'd say, since you've talked about it over the fall, you just hear it trickling in of more stories of it happening. And like the issue, I'm not sure what the issue is. I'm not Brinker, but it's like, you're seeing these places, like maybe it started in California, but now you're in the States that have tip credits so they might not be tipping out a back a house worker, but these are workers who are making less than minimum wage also having to do this. And then they're paying a food runner who is also making less than minimum wage. So it's like Brinker's not paying these workers the full wages they should be doing to even do this work to begin with. Maybe if they paid the food runner like a fuller wage and then took less of the tips from servers, servers could keep more of their money. The servers should also make more money on top of that. But ultimately, it just seems like a way of just getting out of like, I don't know, just like not paying anyone, but at least spreading out the labor and just making it, I don't know, easier for management or at least like having better numbers in terms of like hiring. But it's just like everyone we're hearing from, it just doesn't sound like they've wanted it. But I will say with this, like hearing so many people not like being okay with it. I think you're all the majority and I think this is your opportunity to use that. Like so many people are speaking out, like I'm not hearing like, Oh, this has been efficient or working well. Like I think using your collective power to say, this doesn't work for us. We're not making the money we need. If so many of you spoke up about it, I think that could be something that would at least get Chili's and Brinker's attention. I know this has happened at other workplaces. Corporate campaigns are hard to pull off. It's a lot of workers to coordinate but I think if they see it's not coming from just one location, but everywhere, that'll at least start ringing some bells in their ears, if that's a metaphor. But yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I actually got tagged in somebody's video that just quit Chili's and um, that was one of the issues too. And I was like, oh my God, please join my life on uh, my live on Thursday. But she said that um, her and her boyfriend um, actually, cause I had said, oh, watch my series. And she's like, oh my God, I actually did watch your series um, a few months back and it totally took off the rose color glasses that we had on for this company. We were making decent money and we just didn't realize how badly run the you know, the company was until we started watching your videos and you really opened up our eyes. And that's when we really started seeing things that were wrong. Um, and you know, we ended up quitting now. Um, and she's like, Oh, but we're starting our new job like today while, you know, we're on this live, but she's like, I would love to like, you know, send you a video with any questions or stories or whatever you want to hear. Um, but yeah, like the, that's exactly the issue where I'm like, okay, so in California, they're doing this because everybody was making minimum wage. But in these states like that, you know, Texas or Florida or whatever, that are making less than minimum wage, uh, because you're making server wage, I don't even know how that's legal. Like, how is it legal to just, I mean, I guess because the food runner is also making server wage. So <laughs> technically, it's like, it's okay, because it's like, I don't know. It's essentially now just a tip pool. Nobody's yeah, like really keeping pool. their tips. Yeah. And it's like, I think not to like bring in Starbucks into it, but it's like right now you see all these workers at Starbucks unionizing for the ability to speak up and be like, hey, these mobile orders are killing us or staffing is killing us. And like being able to be a part of the process and like, you know, explain their frustrations with what's making their job harder. And I think, you know, whether there's like a Chili's union one day, it's like you would have the chance to be like, hey, this food runner system isn't working. Talk to us before you implement this and like piss everyone off. Right. So um, I actually uh, did my first episode of my podcast last night, even though I have not published it. Um, and it's about unionizing. So I have this book here. It's called, um, it's going to be inverted, but um, Reaching Higher, it's a handbook for union organizing committee members. And it literally gives you step by step on how to unionize in the workplace. So I pretty much just like went over this book. And I was like, hey, now you don't got to spend the 30 bucks that I spent on the book to learn how to unionize in the workplace. And um, I think what a lot of people don't know is that like you, you are your union. So you have to get it together in your workplace and then you can get an organizer that can help you but like really you have to form the union you have to form the committee and um I think it said it has to be what is it 10 percent or um it should be 10 to 15 percent of the workforce that is in the committee so like if you have you know 30 people at um that you work with you need at least three to five people and then if you have a thousand people you need a hundred people so like you know, at Chili's, if there's, I don't know how many employees between, we got to remember, like, between front of house, back of house, um, you know, all together, figure out how much, how many people work at your Chili's or whatever your restaurant is, if you want to unionize, and get at least 10 to 15%, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not if you think about it, because I'm sure you have a group of people that you're all talking shit about your place, and you all hate it. So get these people together. And um, try to form a union. Um, now, I what I wanted to say was, you know, try to bring this up to the attention of your managers first, area director and corporate. Um, I heard that apparently payroll, Brinker payroll is getting a lot of calls about this new runner system. And they're like, 
sorry, like we don't know. We just do payroll. So as you can see, like a lot of Chili's employees are really trying to reach out to any person that they can to get this to change because they're like, I'm losing so much money. Um, so I don't think anybody's happy with this. And I would like people to either unionize or we can, you know, start a petition, um, pass it around the restaurant. And then that way, um, you know, and online and that way, like Brinker can see that this isn't working. Yeah. And then once this falls on de deaf ears, because we know it will, um, what can we do about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if it isn't straight going over going over to like becoming a union especially at your store like if you're mad about this right now reach out to us we can figure out a strategy that can make sure that brinker does hear that this isn't working there's so many of you like i have not seen a positive thing said about it i'm not saying like you know sometimes people who are okay with the systems they're in don't speak up about it that's why you don't hear it the loudest noise is those who aren't happy with it but there are so many of you unhappy with it and not only that but also like this is an opportunity then to talk about what else is wrong at your workplace. Do you not have paid sick days? Did you just have to deal with a COVID outbreak at work? How do you, are you getting breaks at work? Like what other benefits are you not getting that like you want to see and start building those conversations, not around just this one issue, but other. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many issues that need to change. Um, I just, I don't, I, okay. So like, what can we do if we, you know, bring this up to Brinker's attention, do whatever we can. And they just blow us off as they blow it off, you know, everything else. What can we do to make sure that we're heard and that we can make a change? Hmm. I mean, there's different, I mean, it depends. It's like what, I mean, it's up to the workers, like how far they want to go, how much like power they want to use in doing this. So yeah, it could be petitions. It could be like Matt, like if we really get our shit together, Chili's workers, like, you know, coordinate something bigger that's not just one store, but multiple stores, multiple states, something that really not just gets the attention of Brinker, but gets the attention of diners, customers, the public, other restaurants, other restaurant workers might see this stuff and kind of just like, you know, that's how we kind of build worker power. We see where it is working, what changes are made and start replicating it. Because I think, you know, as we kind of get older, like there's so many of there's more workers than there are managers. There are more workers than there are just like people up in corporate making money just off the fact that we do the actual labor. So it's like, yeah. this is about that. Yeah. That's what I say all the time. I'm like, we are the 99%. We are bigger than them. We are stronger than them. We just all have to come together as a collective. I think a lot of people are just scared to do something because they're like, well, I need the money. I need money to pay my bills. And at this point, you're not making any money. So what do you have to lose? Like, this is the perfect time to stand up for ourselves and be like, this isn't okay. Absolutely not. I'm not doing this. Like you guys have got to change this. And as we can see with like the Kellogg strike, I mean, it sucks. Like so, so many people got fired for that strike, but people are still striking. And I, I know like I would buy Kellogg's because I would buy Frosted Flakes and I was at Target and I was like, I can't do it. So I had to like go with a different brand of cereal um, to, you know, get some cereal because I was like, I will not support them. Like they need a change. And I think that's what we need to do is like, we could come up with a day that's like, you know, like the May Day strike. So a lot of people are talking about that. If you, you know, don't know about that, there is talks about having, you know, a general strike um, in May of this year, you guys can join a discord, a subreddit, you know, um, anti work or May Day strike that talks all about it. 
because we all have to do it. But it's, it's like, I'm on the side of TikTok where everybody is thinking the same as me. And I'm like, great, we're all in this. And then it's like, you step out into the real world. And some people are like, yeah, I'm still going to work. And I'm still going to be a little worker bee and a little slave for capitalism. And I'm just like, wake up, people. It's like, my favorite movie as a kid was A Bug's Life. And I saw it again the other day. And I was like, of course, this would be my favorite movie. Like, literally, the grasshopper was like, if we let one ant stand up to us, they all stand up to us. They outnumber us by this much. And if they figure it out, we are screwed and we have no food. And and I'm like, hello, this was in our faces as children. Like, guys, come on and wake up. That's us right now. (laughs) Right. And there's so much like, I think like, I don't know, there's so many like, really good storytelling like a bug's life or like there's episode like I remember there's an episode of Rugrats where the babies take like they make all this lemonade and Angelica's like she just takes the money from them even though they're making it and eventually they just stop making lemonade so then she has to make it and she can't because she she just sucks but like you know there's so many things like I think if we start ingraining kind of these thoughts and workers again and like the collective like conscious consciousness of like you know that's the stuff like schools aren't teaching that the way they used to if they ever even were so it's important to kind of like as a worker as like you know someone who wants to see kind of things turn around and I don't know things aren't going to get better the way that they're going now so if you want to be it's like the chance I don't know I'm just like rambling but yeah yeah things are insane right now and speaking of schools I mean I left a comment on a TikTok that I saw yesterday that now has gone viral um, where I, it was a, a teacher saying like uh, our public education system is shit. It's really just basic. Um, we're not really teaching anything, you know, we're not like people aren't learning anything. And I commented like I've learned more on TikTok than I did in school. And it's true. I mean, history has been whitewashed and changed so many ways to fit the, their narrative and so many things that I didn't learn, like practical things that we should know as humans and people living in the society, we should know, like they took the school system, took out, you know, home ec and machinery and wood shop and mechanics. They took out so many things that were trades because it's all capitalism and they just wanted to be us to be slaves to capitalism and never have our own trade and know things and be able to do things on our own. So it's just like, it drives me crazy. And uh, ironically enough, I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw a video of a teacher that was crying because there was a school shooting at her school yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, this is like so sad. She was like, tomorrow we're just supposed to go back to business as usual as if a kid didn't just get shot and we weren't just on lockdown. And I was just like, this is so crazy. And then I got randomly on Facebook, which I'm never on and I'm scrolling through and it was at my high school. My, one of my friends commented that her son now goes to that high school and was like, oh, please pray. Like there was a school shooting. And I was like, wait, is this the same school? And it was. And it was like all over the news. And I commented like, was this at this high school? That's my high school. And people were like, yeah, it was. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Like I was in ninth grade um, history class when 9-11 happened at that school. And I remember it was so surreal. And it was like everything just like, nobody worked like we just went from period to period and talked about the events that were happening at 9-11 whether it was math class English whatever and I'm like 
I can't imagine how these students feel. I mean, I it, that I was in Florida and it happened in New York and it was a big thing that happened. And now you are in it in a school shooting and then you're just supposed to keep moving as if nothing happened. Like it's this country needs so much reform. Like there's so many things that need to change about it because you don't hear this stuff happening in other countries, which I don't want to get into gun control, but come on. This doesn't happen in other countries. Like this needs to change. Things need to change. Yeah, no, and, like, especially, too, like, teachers aren't paid well either, so they're not only, like, they're going to unsafe workplaces where there could be shootings, where there's COVID outbreaks, they're not, like, we're actually seeing teachers organize, they're not showing up, like, they're not going to work because they don't feel safe going to work around COVID, but, like, they're still being sent, so we're not, it's not even just, like, our industry, just so many industries, like, we're just trying to push people back to normal, even though things aren't safe to go back to normal the way they were. No, they're absolutely not. Um, like that was a first year teacher. She said she started six weeks into the um into the school year. And so many teachers have quit teaching. Like I saw a TikTok of a teacher that was like, What are you guys gonna do? There's not gonna be any teachers next year. There's just not. Like you guys are pushing us to go to school. Everybody's getting COVID, everybody's getting sick, and you're underpaying us and undervaluing us. So there's just not gonna be teachers. So good luck next year. And I'm like, I'm so grateful I don't have children because I'm stressed out for the parents who have to deal with this. This is so bad. And I'm like, the funny thing is, is that capitalism is crumbling itself. It's eating its own tail. Like, I don't think that this is what they thought would happen when COVID came out into the universe, but here we are. Like, this is, this is the revolution, essentially. Like, this is the great resignation. This is what needs to happen for change to happen. I'm happy to be a part of it, but I really, really hope that we can make a change and come together. No, for sure. And this is like the opportunity, like, unless we do something, it's just going to keep like, it's accelerated so fast, how quickly like, the issues we're dealing with, like, I just now turned 30. And I'm like, Oh, this was the I don't know. It's like, how do you grapple with the stuff that like, I don't know, this felt like years down the line of like, we've always been warned, like climate change is going to like end things sooner than I don't know. It's just we've always had these alarms going, but they happen. So it went from like, I felt like I was like doing all right as a server bartender and feeling okay. COVID hit and it's just been like, now it's like three or two years later. And I'm just like. I can't believe it's been two years that we've been in this. And the scary part was when I got COVID, um, I started having like pain a lot. Like I was crying in the middle of the night from how bad my legs hurt. It was like, um, I, I don't know if it was restless leg syndrome, but it really felt like somebody was just like stretching my legs out and it hurt so bad. And I was like, you know, you hear these stories about long COVID. And I was like, what if like, I don't ever get, I can't work, you know, standing up because something happens to my legs. And I'm like sitting here thinking like, I'm a server. Like I need to figure out another job. What am I going to do? And I was like stressing out. And then I lost my voice. And I was like, what if I don't get my voice back? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I like, you know, speak, what am I going to do? And it's like, it's scary to think about. And I'm like, how do we serve? How are we like, yeah, millennials are, how are we then being younger? How are we doing this? Like we're, I feel like we're so much stronger than people give us credit for because this has been nonstop disaster after disaster since we were born. I mean, Y2K happened like right away, you know, you're born 10 years later, bam, Y2K, you know, whatever. And it's just like, it just doesn't end. And it just keeps going. It's like the, you know, the crash in 2008 and then 9-11 or whatever. And then it's like, it just doesn't stop. And you're just like, oh my God, can we just get a break? Yeah. Like, give me a break. <laughs> it doesn't end. 
things like I think of like generations before us, like, you know, by our age, they own their own house and they had like pensions from their jobs that they could retire to. And it's like, we're just looking down the line of us not having that. And it's just like, if we don't want to have like, you know what I mean? That's like what we have to look forward to. And until we do stuff about that, like that's yeah. Like we have the chance to at least prevent that from happening as bad as it's going to be. Um, yeah. I guess I was going to say kind of bringing it back to like the OSHA heat rule too. I do want to add, it's not just for restaurant workers. It's actually a rule that will affect all workers who work in a workplace. So um, if you're like, I think it it was intended to for like farmers. So if you're outside in a field, like, you know, getting crops and stuff, like those temperatures are going to get hot. You, I guess like you're protected, you'll be protected by this like regulation. Same with restaurant workers and kitchens Teachers, if you're in schools, I don't, I know there's not really kitchens in schools, but if temperatures get hot, like, which they probably will, especially in like, so. Yeah, definitely. So if you guys want to write in about, you know, any working conditions, you know, that whatever key conditions in your workplace, um, please, please, please write in. Um, you can text rock to four, what is it? Four zero eight zero. Four zero eight one seven. Four zero eight one seven, and then yeah. um, you know we can give you the the info and everything. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, we've we've uh, covered everything. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you you're a restaurant worker or a Chili's worker, I guess you're both if you work for Chili's. But yeah, like reach out to us. We're happy to like you know let us know what's wrong at work. Like, what aren't you happy about? What do you want to change? And we can just kind of like start from there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to help you guys do something and make a change. So if you guys are all for it, please text us. And um, we're more than happy to help. Thank you so much, Taylor, for, you know, joining me on this live. I hope everybody that was here enjoyed it, learned something. And we'll definitely want to join the movement, please. We appreciate it. Yeah. You didn't already. We'll see if you do. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.